When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. In a week where we discovered the Big Bash first draft needs a complete rewrite before it's anywhere near fit for print, this is Can't Bowl, Can't Throw. Who would have thought Andre Russell's still available and we're at pick eight, the last pick in round one. And the Hobart Hurricanes, they would have been the team that would have had to have planned for the most what-if scenarios for round one. The pick is in, Mark Howard. Well, this is interesting. Ricky, who are you selecting for the Canes? We've gone for Shadab Khan. <laughs> You're here with Kat Jones and Dan Lipke, and that's just a, a little snippet of the excitement of the Big Bash draft. Were, were you excited about oh, it all, Kat? We were on the edges of our seat, mm. weren't we? Yeah, it we was... forgot that it started, and then uh, we, we caught up really quickly. That's right, because the Renegades, our team, picked mm. uh, Liam Livingston. Mm, as I predicted last week. Yeah, it was a very good pick, mm. excellent pick. And after that, I don't think anyone picked anyone that anyone thought they would pick. <laughs> well, Hobart used their three picks, as we just heard, uh, to choose three pack. Pakistan players. We had Shadab Khan, Asif Ali and Fahim Ashraf. So I think they're now like the, the Hobart Lahore Canes. Yes, Is that what they are? definitely. Yes. Very good idea. And uh, we, we did have the uh, kind of strange side of all the, these big name players missing out, right? These well, platinum Cricket players. Australia, Cricket Australia claimed that they were platinum players mm. and that kind of elevated them, I guess, to some kind of incredibly expensive status in the draft that yep. not every team could afford. Not any team could afford, <laughs> as it turned out. So the ones that missed out were uh, Faf. Uh, who you were you were I asking should Faf be picked to, last week? Yes, yeah. I wanted Faf to be picked. Uh, anyway. Kieran, Kieran Pollard, Andre Russell, Dwayne Bravo, and Jason Roy—they were all platinum, and they were all left on the shelf on the platinum shelf. Yes, but they're left on the platinum shelf. They can go now play in whatever other T Twenty comp is going on at the same time. <laughs> yes, so I the, guess they will. One of the many others. Uh, well, one thing's for sure: they'll uh, they'll be racing back to be part of the Big Bash draft next year, won't they? Yeah, they would have loved uh, to the have Big their Bash names snubbing. up there. <laughs> yeah.
it's great. And it was just wasn't a great TV. All of that, the, those administrators all sitting around the table. I mean, it's very similar to the IPL. These people that you, you barely can recognise, maybe in the odd ex cricketer, mm. whole lot of bunch of administrators in close up for ninety seconds mm. as the clock ticks down, and we see the administrators congregating and talking, and then they announce a player that no one's heard of. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least in the IPL, you've got the kind of the thrill of an auction. It's a bit yes. of back and forth. You're saying I'm bidding this, then someone else has got to bid something. This is just like oh, we'll take him. Yeah, and then was like who? And it's like him. Never heard of him. I felt very sorry for the the uh, the MCs. The yes. how yeah, having to go. Great, I didn't research that dude, Josh <laughs> Cobb. Good, tell me about him. This is the part of the show where we discuss the cricket news of the week. Well, there actually is a lot of stuff going on in the world of cricket this week, but we have just time to cover the top secret ODI series. We talked about it last secret. week. We've talked about it twice in I a know, row. It's dangerous. This was the series between Australia and Zimbabwe in Australia. I know, yep. Um, yeah, they tried to keep it secret, but we managed to track it down. Uh, yeah. we, we, there was a little bit of publicity before the ODI. Maxwell came out and had a few things to say in a newspaper interview, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, he did. He was, uh, he, was, he was very frank and talking about how most of these people are his friends. Yep. You get the impression everyone's Maxwell's friend. Yeah, He's I a very so. friendly guy. Yeah. And what did he say? He said, it's, uh, it's weird how if you're normal to people, you actually make friends with them. Yeah. <laughs> Looking back to my first couple of years, there was still a bit of, uh, well, we're not friends with them during the series. Yeah, so, so he, well, he was. He's, I think he quite quite likes this new uh, Pat Cummins, Andrew McDonald era, where apparently you're allowed to be friends with players even while you're playing against them. Yes, uh, well, it's remarkable, isn't it, that you can actually play not like, be dicks the entire yeah, time, yeah, like they do in state cricket mm. all year round. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's fantastic. Yes, yes. Uh, and uh, another way of welcoming Zimbabwe back to Australia was uh, Foxtel, who decided they would show highlights of Matthew Hayden hitting 380 against them in uh, in a test back in 2003. Do you reckon they were watching that in their hotel room going, so. oh, shit? <laughs> I, I remember why we didn't come back here now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, so that was uh, a little bit rude of uh, Foxtel, I think. Yeah. But it was nice to see Australia playing in ODI on a Sunday. That was like the perfect Sunday get up. It, it was, was incredible. Great time zone. It's like started at 9.30. You could have a little bit of a sleep in. Mm. Chill out. Turn it on. Dip in and out of it. It was fantastic. Yeah. Watching cricket all day. In the middle of winter, mm. in Australia, that is. Yeah, well, the end of winter. So it's all, it's the, the last bits of winter, yeah, right? Yeah, that's true. It is at the end of winter. Yeah. Zimbabwe was certainly very leisurely about it. They just strolled along. They batted first and they, they were, yeah, content with four runs and over for most of their innings and, and, and therefore ended on 200. So very mathematically correct there. It was perfect. Zimbabwe, yes. Absolutely perfect. And then, you know, Australia didn't destroy them. No. We were very nervous when, <laughs> when we found out that, Zim, that uh, Zimbabwe were batting first. Yep. However, they they gave us lots of entertainment yeah, in yeah, that, that two hundred runs. Yep. Uh, so Australia spiced it up a bit. We had some terrible reviewing from Cameron Green or mm. from uh, Aaron Finch, I think, on behalf of Cameron Green. Yeah. So Cameron Green, uh, true to his name, had an LBW reviewed that ended up having not one but two green lights, <laughs> yes. which is pretty rare, really. Yeah. Not the best review. Uh, we also had Steve Smith being uh, have, having some fresh areas of weirdness. A uh, few people noticed this one. That yeah, he was very formal, wasn't he? When, <laughs> whenever anyone got a wicket, he'd come up to them and put his suit and tie back on and give them a bit of a handshake. A formal handshake. Yeah. Yes, well done. Well done, sir. I, I applaud that effort, yes. He was very funny. Yes. And, of course, uh, when the run chase came around, Finch was out straight away.
away as you'd expect. But mm. uh, Warner was the highlight of the run chase because at one point Warner uh, edged a delivery behind and stood his ground. And then Zimbabwe knew he'd edged it and they made the big T sign. And Warner also knew he'd edged it. So he just said, oh, I can't be bothered waiting for the review. So he yeah. started wandering off. And then as he got close to the edge of the boundary, he looked up at the big replay and thought, it's not much of a spike on that sticker. <laughs> so he stuck around a bit longer and eventually the third umpire had no choice. The third umpire said, well, I can't. Even though he knows he's out, everyone knows he's out, there's no actual evidence that he's out. So, Are we sure it was, Snicko? Because, you know, when, when you get something like that and there's no audio, it's probably a Zoom call. <laughs> Could be a Zoom call, <laughs> yes. Yes. Anyway, so that, that was very funny. I did enjoy David Warner walking off because he knew he hit it, then walking back on because the technology didn't show it. Yes. And then we wrapped up the match with a, with a little bit of Maxwell Ball. Who, oh, that uh, was wonderful. Well, so Steve Smith was just, you know, fart assing about at one end. He, he uh, I think at one well, point. He was giving his entertainment, wasn't he? He was going, oh, I want you to get as much cricket as possible on this Sunday. I'm just going to slowly nerdle the ball around. Yeah, the required run rate uh, when Maxwell came in, I think, was 0.69 runs per <laughs> over. And I think that's what Steve Smith yeah. was aiming for. I will score yep. 0.69 runs per over, win this off the final ball. Yeah. Uh, Maxwell wasn't having any of it, though. He uh, hit 32 off nine balls and he, he was out of there. He yeah. had enough. Six, four, six, six. Yeah. Hayden esque stuff there from uh, it was a Maxwell. Perfect ODI, that wasn't it? Was, it was, yeah. Uh, and there's more to come. Please support capitalism by checking out these sponsors. And so speaking of Maxwell Ball, this episode is sponsored by a text adventure game that I've uh, created called Maxwell Ball, which of course for legal reasons is nothing to do with uh, Glenn Maxwell himself. It's uh, just just a general Maxwellian figure. That's right. It's a generic term, Maxwell Ball. It is, yes. So it's it's actually two and a half uh, text adventure games. In the first one, you find your way into the Australian dressing room, or you're trying to anyway. You've got to deal with autograph hunting kids and ticket sellers who aren't very helpful and spooky scalpers. Mm. And then in the second game, you're in the dressing room, ideally, because you've, you've got past the first one, and that's where you've got to deal with your captain and your coach and your teammates who are a bit problematic. And, and there's also an alternate dimension in there at one point, so that's very Maxwellian. Yes, indeed. And then in the final kind of half mini game, you, you actually get to the middle of the MCG and you have to face up to your first delivery. And you can play all of them for free by going to maxwellball.net. And is that that's a text adventure game? Tell us, remind me, what do you have to do in a text? So adventure a text game? adventure game is basically like a written book, and it says you are in yeah, the MCG car park. What do you want to do? And you type in go north, and it says you can't go north because there's someone blocking you, and you find objects, and you have to solve puzzles, and all it's all, all kinds of fun there. It is. It's much more fun than a visual. Visual video game, right? Yeah, can't be bothered doing graphics. So, yes, maxwellball.net. When's the short ball coming? Short ball obviously plays a huge part. Get yourself to play the short ball. The worst thing to do, play the short ball. Or you're playing the short ball. Yeah, we're going to talk about playing the short ball. So this is the short ball segment. This is where we focus on one specific delivery of a particular cricket match and what what ramifications it might have for just the entire concept of cricket as a whole. Yes, indeed. And this one specific ball that we're going to focus on was in a match between England and South Africa. Mm-hmm. And this has been a wonderful series as well. It's yeah. uh, going on over in England at the moment. Beautiful time zone for us to watch it on our TV screens. Yep. And we've been doing a bit of commentary. Mm. And it's been absolutely glorious. Yep. And, of course, this short ball features Stuart Broad. As, as all the best short balls do. Yeah. So this, this is, in, in particular, Stuart Broad uh, taking the wicket of Aidan 
Markram, who has caught its slip by Zach Crawley. So this is uh, after South Africa started their second innings, 264 runs behind after collapsing for uh, 151 all out on the first day. And in the second innings, uh, Markram's wicket meant that they were 3 for 54 and they went on to be bowled out for 179, losing by an innings and 85 runs. So basically reversing the first test result. So this particular ball that we're talking about, uh, yeah, as we mentioned, uh, Crawley had uh, Markram caught it slip, but a little bit earlier, Broad had already got Markram out, right? Mm, that's right. Broad bowled Markram, mm. and then they were so busy celebrating, and the umpire calls no ball. Yes, yes, they checked it upstairs. And that classic a, no ball a, wicket. A classic, a classic of the genre. England do love a good wicket off a no ball. I think there's about four or five England uh, bowlers who've, whose first wickets have uh, yeah. been taken away because of no balls. It's so a rite of passage. Everyone needs to do it from time to time. In fact, you know, it's quite tolerated. It's tolerated, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's to be expected, and it, it felt a little bit too easy. I actually tweeted at the time, this mm. seems too easy piece of comedy for Stuart Broad. I mean, it's very good for your average run-of-the-mill cricketer, but Stuart Broad, you expect a little bit more from him. That's right. right. We've seen this bit of comedy before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's like Monty Python telling a knock-knock joke or something. It's, yes. yeah, it's uh, just just a little bit little bit too easy. Uh, and, of course, the no ball itself was marginal, so we had a little bit mm. of Stuart Broad arguing with the umpire saying, come on, it was that far over. Not barely. So he complained to the umpire, probably thought about reviewing it knowing yeah. knowing Stuart but I'm, I don't think he could get uh, Stokes to go along with the idea of reviewing the no ball yes indeed so then of course next wicket he got he, fresh in his mind mm. he remembered this and he didn't really celebrate the wicket he appealed but yep. he didn't really celebrate so that was funny because yeah, we're very used to Stuart Broad celebrating yeah right? Stuart Broad will, ce- will celebrate when it's not out like mm. he'll celebrate any ball that happens to hit the pads he'll celebrate appeal and charge down uh, yeah. and this time nope he, he restrained himself and he Instead, he, he went completely the other way, right? He just flipped straight around and stared at umpire Chris Gaffney. Yep. He was waiting and waiting for the third umpire to check the front foot. Yep. And Chris Gaffney, uh, Chris Gaffney played along. See, that's yes. the great thing about Stuart Broad. Stuart Broad lifts everybody comedically, right? All right. He just he lobbed the joke up <laughs> and Gaffney came right on in and yep. uh, thumbs up the, uh, the response there so that Stuart Broad would know, no, it's okay, legal delivery, give you the thumbs up. Yeah, so that was very entertaining, very funny <laughs> stuff, magnificent comedy all around. I, I think replacing the celebre appeal with the stare at the umpire until he gives you a thumbs up that the delivery was legal, yep. I think that's just impossibly good good stuff. Um, Absolutely incredible. And it was also a very good performance from England, right, mm. to to come back and win that test. It was a great performance from South Africa in the previous one. Yeah, yeah. In this one, uh, like the highlights were, as you say, were all England. So Ollie Robinson, mm. for example, he didn't get injured at any point. So it's very good. <laughs> very good stuff. Uh, we also had Zach Rawley making 38, which is... Uh, Did he really? I yeah, have no memory of made, that. He made 38 in England's only innings, which uh-huh. is precisely the right kind of score for Zach Crawley to make, right? It's yeah, because it's not good. It's not bad. Yeah, it's just enough to get everybody right, will maintain the status quo. If you think he should be there, he's still there. If you, you think, think he, he should, should be dropped? Go, <laughs> he should probably still be dropped. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect score from yeah, Zach Yeah, that's Crawley. good stuff too. Yep, definitely. Uh, we also have Ben Folks and Ben Stokes who both scored centuries in, you know, that kind of partnership that sounded like something a child had made up. Yeah, Folksy that's and Stokesy. Right. Folksy and Stokesy off on adventures yep. through the moors or something in the <laughs> yes. English countryside. Presumably they're either talking bunnies or talking mm. foxes yes. or something like that. Stokesy and Folksy. Stokesy and Folksy, yep. 
And uh, the other thing that I quite liked was uh, people talking about the Jimmy Anderson end at the ground. Uh, <laughs> they d- d- never shut up about the Jimmy Anderson end, particularly yes. when Jimmy Anderson is bowling from the yes. Jimmy Anderson end. Is he allowed to bowl from the other end? I don't think he is, no. no. I, I, think, I think he is, uh, has to bowl from his own end. Oh, that was fantastic. And yeah. you have a theory about the Jimmy Anderson end. Yeah, well, I think if I, I was playing on, you know, <laughs> on the ground against him, I, I'd just keep pointing at the sign and saying, is this the end of Jimmy Anderson? And I'd keep saying it over and over. Is this the end of Jimmy Anderson? Until uh, every Everybody got annoyed at me. Ideally, Jimmy Anderson himself and threatened to thump me or something. Yes. Well, he's supposed to have a little bit of a temper on him. So yeah. he's probably not the kind of guy you want to be teasing yeah. about Is this that. the end of Jimmy Anderson? <laughs> I, I don't think that would get tired at all. No, yeah. of course not. Uh, I, there was only really one negative for England, I, I think, in this one. They, they didn't mm. get to do a, a classic baseball fourth innings run chase, no, did they? No, no, not at all. Very disappointing. Um, but I, I think you know, if baseball, baseball was anything, uh, you know, Stokes should have asked or demanded that they come out and chase a negative uh, target in the fourth innings. Why not? That would have been impressive. Ah, can't bowl, can't throw, coming live. Thanks for tuning in and taking your time. The underappreciated act of the week. The funniest and crazy plays of the week. Who is going to join the honorary board? The number one Scott Moeller reward. This is the Muller Award. This is for underappreciated acts in cricket. And we only have three nominations, so it's possible the intro will last longer than our chat about mm. the, the nominees. But this is, of course, in uh, in memory of the wonderful uh, Scott Muller, who uh, who couldn't bowl or throw. Yep, according to a cameraman and or leg spinner. Well, that's right. I mean, the leg spinner did say later. <laughs> that is true, yes. That it was, but not at the time, apparently. <laughs> He was probably right. They said he couldn't bowl a throw. They were probably right. Yep. Uh, so what's the first nomination we've got here, Kat? The first nomination is a wonderful hat trick for mm. a teenager from the US. Yep. And her name was Geetiga Kodali and she was bowling and... She was bowling in the 660, right? The 660, that's right. The yes. 660, which we love, the 660. And she bowled a hat trick from two balls. Yeah. Tell me how she did this, Dan. Well, this is very clever. Like when, when we first saw it, we, we saw a hat trick from two balls. Balls. Is mm. that a typo? Is that what's was that a double play? Do they have these fancy new rules in there? But then it was could like, have been anything in the yeah. six sixty. Yeah, it could have. Yeah, I mean they do have a lot of rules. Like, did, did people vote for an extra wicket? <laughs> it, could, it could have been anything. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but as it turned out, it was like legitimate uh, cricket rules that allowed her to do this. So mm. uh, as soon as we realised that, then we were able to puzzle it out. And it turned out she had uh, the first wicket caught at point. Uh, then she got a wicket. Bowled, bowled the next yeah. ball and then mm. the, the third one this is the one that allowed her to get three wickets off two balls uh she had the batter stumped off a wide oh, which glorious. is fantastic imagine bowling a wide for your hat trick ball <laughs> and then getting a stumping that's yes. just the best thing ever i think i think more more bowlers on a hat trick should try this because oh. i don't think the, the batters are expecting it right <laughs> definitely not why why are we, why was the batter out of their crease <laughs> why are you going anywhere off a hat trick why ball? are you trying to sweep this hat trick over the boundary yeah yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think that's very good. I, I'd like to see someone go for a hat trick of zero balls next. I mean, that's uh, that's that's the goal. Yeah, but I, I do think we should call a hat trick of two balls. That should be called a double hat trick, right? That's a perfect definition of a double hat trick. Yeah, so I think that's what we're calling it now, just to add extra confusion to the mix. 
Yeah, definitely. So we had another uh, another nomination here, which was Billy Pratt on Twitter pointed out there's somehow a correlation <laughs> between the Large Hadron Collider at CERN being turned on and Johnny Bairstow's test batting average. Yeah, so uh, Billy Pratt put out a, a nice little graph which did, did show that uh, Quite a when, clear correlation. when the, when the co- collider goes on, then Bairstow's average goes up and when it gets turned off, yep. it goes back down again. I, I, I just uh, My only real comment on this one is surely given that we've discovered this correlation, it should be called the Large Hedron Collider. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it should be. <laughs> yep, definitely. Yep. Um, oh, that's good. All right, I've got one final nomination. This goes yep. to uh, the Welsh Firemen. So we didn't really get a chance to cover the 100 this week. No, but, uh, it's still going on, but... Uh, we, Barely. Yeah. Yes. And uh, the Welsh Firemen, they finished with zero wins in the 100. Zero oh. out of 100 for the Welsh Firemen. Poor old Welsh Fire. Who plays for the Welsh Fire? Adam uh, Zampa, right? Adam, yeah, I, well, not at the moment. He's back in Australia, so it probably hasn't helped them. No. Well, um, he just went, if you can't win one, I'm going back to Australia. Yep. Yeah. Presumably, uh, the Welsh Fire will get the first draft pick next season and the, the opportunity to ignore Faf, Kieran Pollard, <laughs> yep. Andre Russell, Dwayne Bravo and Jason Roy. Yeah, I, I imagine so, yes. Yeah. My, I, my, my theory is that uh, they're never going to get the W back into the ECB acronym if they uh, you know, can't muster a single one of them. No. So, yeah, poor stuff there from the Welsh Fire. Anyway, I, I have checked out the Welsh Fire women mm. who managed to win uh, one out of their oh, six. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> infinitely better than the men. Yeah. Yeah, good work from the Welsh Fire women. Uh, so who wins the Muller this week? Is it the Welsh Fire? Is it uh, Billy Pratt on Twitter or probably Johnny Bairstow's uh, <laughs> Large Hadron Collider? No, no, it's, it's Geetika Kadali. Yeah, it is Geetika Kadali, yes, with her two-ball hat-trick. Well done. Yeah. With her double hat-trick. And that probably brings us to the end, right? Yes, you've been listening to Dan Libke at Lieb Cricket and Kat Jones at Cricket Bat Cat. And we would love you to come and find us on social media and uh, follow us and, and make a comment and tell us what you would like us to put on our next podcast. Yep. And we will see you next week. Is this the end of Jimmy Anderson? Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.